ears to good friends. Cheers. 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 Hmm. That's sort of an oaky afterbirth. What was that? She did tell me to uh, get a beer and some cheese fries over at Eskimo Joe's. That's very nice, lovely. I only hope you feel this way when I'm done. Because I could destroy this night in two seconds. Why is that funny? <laughs> well, I think it's a bit funny to be trying to define nothing. <laughs> Smooth as a bourbon on a summer day. Strong as a peated scotch in the winter night. This is a fair warning. The Catholic Man Show is about to begin. Slap some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side, so raise your glass. What? What? I know, that His was, headphones are so, yeah, so loud. Yeah, yeah, so the, all that I could intro do was like, <laughs> I know, I was gritting, bearing down. I was like, like this going is like hurting my ears. You know, like when you drive like really fast, like when you get on a jet ski that goes like way too fast. Like there are some jet skis that like should not, it just shouldn't go this fast. Mm-hmm. Like eighty miles an hour on the water. It's like just, it's too fast for <laughs> a jet. You know? And you make that face like, like, that's how I felt without the tears, without the tears and the, and the water and the wind. Yeah. So. But the same grunt, the same, like the same, like, this is hurting. Right. My ear's not bleeding. I am Adam Minahan sitting here with David Niles. We have Juan, uh, the producer, on the buttons. We have Jaime back into in the Hi. Uh, in the studio. It's great to have you back, Jim. It's been a few weeks. One thing people don't know Cup. about Jim is that he's a master of all Japanese arts. Really? People don't know that. I'm one of those people. One, that's one thing that nobody knows about him. I'm one of them, yeah. Yeah. I did not know this. And I don't mean just the martial arts. All Japanese calligraphy, art. Origami. origami, origami, sushi making, sushi making, <laughs> eating, sushi eating, <laughs> just a little bit of everything. We hats. Are- he's he's very good with hats. Sun hats. Yes, pointy hats. We uh we were we're back from Phoenix, Arizona. Man, we had such a great time. It was awesome at the Saint Philip Neri Comedy Festival. It was so great to have... Let me just tell you that this... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go In ahead, five years me. is going to be like a big... It's going to be a big thing. Uh, like, this is the first year they're doing it, and it was so awesome. It's, it's going to grow. First, it's not the first annual. It's the inaugural. It's the inaugural, right. Yeah. Uh, or the first, first annual, does that mean the that second it, time you do it? Uh, I, think it's, I think first annual is the same so, as inaugural. You could, yeah. right? Same no, thing. you cannot say that. Why not? Uh, I don't know the exact answer. Uh, other people can correct us. Uh, you could send an like email you, to David. You know this for a fact? Yes. Well, I know this based off of what a English major lady told me the other day. Yeah, who cares about English majors and their technicalities? <laughs> yeah, well... But whatever. But I do want I, I do want to give a shout out. Uh, you can check up Catholic Comedy on on Twitter and Facebook and all Catholic the social. Catholiccomedy.com. Yes. Uh, 
Stephen, he, he put together, he's a lay guy, he just wants to promote joy, he wants to promote Catholic community, and so he said, you know what, I'm just going gonna, gonna to do a festival, I'm just going to roll with it. And so he started it, he put it together, uh, he had Father Leo Padalinghug come out, uh, and then Dave and I came out, and we had some... A couple of the local guys, local couple people. couple of the local people, we had some... Um, Stand up comedy. We had some improv. Dave, you did great on the improv, by the way. Thank you. I thought you did. I, th- I thought you did really well. Improv's kind of like my jam. Like that's my comedy. Also, you know, I'm not good. I mean, I, I can tell a I can tell a joke. Right. I can do that. But really, like my personal brand of comedy is more on the fly. Man, that's hard for everybody to believe. <laughs> uh. But yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, props to him for just you know stepping yeah, out and just right? and doing it. Like you know, he had an idea and he just executed. And he like, boom, he did it, and it was great to see like five hundred fam or five hundred people, a uh, ton of Catholic families gathering together for a full day. Of Got just a great laugh, facility, joy. Cat uh, like this Catholic fa- uh, like farm. It's like a family friendly. Got all these like games set up. It's this huge place, right? Uh, for kids, and it was just great. Um, it really was a festival, right? Uh, In the very sense, just right. so people just would great. say that it's on point festival. Yeah. So I just know that really, it's gonna get. I can just tell it's gonna get bigger every year. Um, yeah. We have to tell the story though. About we had several stories. We have that to tell the story. So <laughs> okay, you know, we're going to Phoenix. It's when we left for Phoenix here in Tulsa. It was 19 degrees. You know, it's. Pretty cold. It's winter. It's January. Right. Well, in Phoenix, it's like beautiful right now. So uh, we have learned that 70 when, degrees. when you go there, you should bring your golf clubs. Right. And so we go to play golf on Friday and we get we Uber to the golf course. We get there barely like it was kind of like close. I didn't think our clubs were going to make it. They made it. I know. It was uh, but anyway, stressful. we went straight, to, got there just in perfect timing, straight to the golf course, playing golf. Steven, who, who's putting the thing on, he was going to pick us up from the course. And around like the 15th hole or so, he messaged you mm-hmm. that he was there and like, you know, asking us, what, what hole are you on? As we right. told him. And then when we're on the 18th green, he like... I don't know. Had he, had he messaged you a couple other times yeah, in he between messaged, there? Yeah, and I just missed him. And then all of a sudden he said, hey, uh, I don't want to rush you, but my wife is in labor and uh, I need you guys to hurry if possible. Right. And we're like, what? What? Yeah. Why are you still here? <laughs> like, what? We can. We're, we are. Grown. Your wife is in labor. It's like, look, we're grown men. We can take care of ourselves. We can, like, we can get to the hotel. Get out of here, man. And you know? Like, well, I. I. Uh, like, it's okay. I reserve, yeah, and he said, I reserve the hotel under my name, so you guys can't get it. I so- have to check you in. Yeah. Right. So we, I'm like, Dave, we got to go. Like, he is, yes. he, he, he is like telling us, you tell me that on the green, and it's like, get the clubs in the, like, <laughs> let's get in the, get in the cart. <laughs> yeah. So we hightail it over there, and uh, I, I pull up, pull up my bag, I get, get to the front, and I call but him. We have to, like, get him back in the travel, because we went from the airport straight to, to the, the course. So we have, like, our luggage. Right. We have a travel bag. So we're like trying to get the clubs back in there and everything. You right. Know? So we finally get that done. I call him. I'm like, I'm like hey, man, I'm out, out at the front. Uh, where are you? He goes, oh, I'm in my car. I'll pull around. He pulls around. His wife is in the car. She's in the car. She's in the car with us. And we're. I, like, I walked out and I was like, oh, my gosh. What are we doing? And so. Dave, Dave you're in I, labor like you're here yeah, and so we throw our clubs in the back of this get in the car <laughs> we throw the clubs in the car 
we we run in and she's like it's okay it's okay she was very she was kind totally chill it was very it chill was baby number six right so she was very so confident. you know it's like what a, you know like whatever you right. know so he gets us over to the hotel room he's trying to make plans while he's in the hotel room with us trying to tell us hey uh what about tomorrow go hey your wife is in labor in yeah, your bro. car. Get out of here. If you don't get out to that car, I'll punch you. Right. So he runs out. We we end up going to dinner with a few other folks. We get the text message. Her water breaks on the way like, over to the They uh, pulled hospital. out of the parking lot and her, her, her water, water breaks. breaks on the way. to. And then like... One hour later... The baby ba- comes. Baby was born. Like so, they made it to the hospital. Everything, everything worked just great. She also uh, offered up one of her contractions for me. Mm. Did yes. she? Yep, I asked her to. I didn't get one. No, I was Dang very it. selfish. Okay, well, while we were at the conference, I got stuck talking to this old man named Frank. Great dude. Uh, he, you know, he's just one of those people though that will, you'll get stuck talking to. But in the course of our me being stuck talking to him, he told me that he would pray for me by name every day for the rest of his life until the day he died. It's like, that was nice. Well, <laughs> well worth it. Yeah, that was the yeah, best when, 20 when minutes he, of conversation. When he said that, I was like, I'll sit here for the rest of the day. That's yeah, no Frank, problem. Like, uh, you like, pull you, it, pull Frank, the seat. you just bought all my time. <laughs> that is totally fine. He's, he said he goes to mass every morning, then adoration every day. Right. And he like... He's telling me like what he does. He's in his eighties, and you know, he has yeah. a lot of he prays a lot, and he has he has that time. So anyway, so the baby and mom are doing well. Shout out to Stephen and his new uh, daughter, Rosalina. Rosalina, uh, I don't know. It Philomena. all it, it, Rosalina Philomena. That's right. Um, shout out to you guys. Thank you so much for your hospitality and inviting us out there. We also, when we were being picked up for the actual event, uh, the the guy who was coming to pick us up. He pulls up and he goes, uh, "Do you guys have speakers?" <laughs> this was so funny. No, no, no. So it was this wasn't Steve. No, we were there the, guy, the yeah. next day, and like we, yeah, he was coming. We said, "Hey, is someone going to pick us up?" And they sent someone. Yeah, and he goes, he pulls up and he's like, "Hey guys, you know, I'm so and so. I don't remember his name." Uh, and we're like, "Hey, I'm Adam. I'm David." And he goes, "Hey, do you guys have the speakers?" I'm supposed to pick up two speakers, <laughs> and I looked at him <laughs> and I said, "I." I think we are the speakers. I think we're the speakers. And he's like, uh... No, it has something to do with audio. I thought it was like some audio equipment. And I said, is it possible that... We're the speakers. We are the speakers (laughs) you're supposed to pick up? And he's like... He didn't even laugh. He just like... He was doubting it. He like, was, no, I, I don't, I don't no, think so. I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to pick up some speakers. <laughs> and I was like... And then finally I said, we're the speakers, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I know we don't look like, like speakers. I know that we... <laughs> like, the thing is, we don't have any of those kind of speakers. We have no audio speakers. But if you're looking for two speakers, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh, man, it was great. We had a great time. So we're drinking today Yeah, some full-grown Jack. This is by Tup's Brewery. Tup's Brewery has become one of my favorite breweries. Has it? It has. Um, almost I didn't every even know that. Almost every of their uh, one of their hazy IPAs and their uh, stouts have just been On fantastic. Nice. Uh, highly recommended. Well, well, we'll just give the quick rundown on the other side of the break. Okay. One. Shout out to all the Phoenix guys that we got a chance to see. John Sablon, Father Leo Padling Hug, Jesse Romero. Jesse Romero. Uh, it was so great to hang out with everybody. So when we get back, we're going to jump into the main gear, talk a little bit about this beverage. And we're going to talk about uh, interior life this evening. Indeed. We'll be right back.
Have you ever wanted to go to Ireland and tour County Cork or have a beer in Dublin or see the Cliffs of Moher? Well, we are partnering up with Select International Tours and we are planning a, a Ireland pilgrimage this year. Go to selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow and we will keep you posted on everything that's going on. Uh, Ireland is one of the places that you are able to travel to, whether you have a vaccine, whether you don't have a vaccine. Uh, there's no quarantine. All you have to do is have a negative test within a couple days. So anyway, we're, we're, we're planning a trip to Ireland. We would love to have you there. Go to selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow. And let's have a beer together and cheers to Jesus in Ireland. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan, we got the full crew in the in the studio. Family's today. back together. Oh yeah. So we mentioned it. We're drinking some Tupps Brewery. This is the full grown Jack. We've had full grown Ombre on the mm-hmm. show before. Full grown Ombre. Oh, ombre. Whatever. It is fantastic. That that one is great because that one has some like chili chili pepper in it. Chile. Thank you, Mister English Major. <laughs> You can't say it's the first annual. I, I know. I you can say it's the first annual. Yeah, you can. You can be wrong. If it's an annual event and this is it's the not first an annual one, event yet. It's going. To, you know well, that it will be. It may be. It's not yet. Okay, whatever. It's like you're not. Never mind. I'm not gonna say that. Okay. So, so like, let hey, me ask no, you this. No, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. I'm the not first gonna... time they celebrated Passover, you weren't allowed to say this is the first annual Passover celebration. I think, I think, sir, if there were people speaking English if you would, in the vicinity, they could have said that. If you would email david at stmichaelradio.com, david at stmichaelradio.com, if you're an English major, you can correct him or affirm him, whichever one it is, we'll, we'll know. I care zero if anyone corrects <laughs> or affirms me. I don't even care if you're like emailing me to say that you think I'm right. I don't even care. <laughs> Hey, I also want to talk uh, really quick about Exodus 90. I have all my emails, every single one, 100% of them, go to the spam folder. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. Still no emails today. Uh, so I want to talk about Exodus 90 really fast. Okay, really fast, because we've got a man gear today also. Okay, so we're, we are, oh, Dave, but you the, and I. But the beer, the beer is so, this is so good. It's an imperial stout. Yes. I, is, actually, we're drinking this a little bit late in the season, because I didn't notice that it's with pumpkin spices. The pumpkin is really not uh, very prevalent. It could be because maybe it's, it's older. aged a little bit. Yeah. But it's also 15% alcohol. So this kind of beer is going to age really well. However, sometimes flavors like coffee or pumpkin, chocolate, chocolate, those are going to uh, mute, mellow out, mellow as time goes on. This is just fantastic. This is my kind of beer. All I did was I saw bourbon barrel aged imperial stout. I saw it was by Tupps. Full, it's the full grown, and I was like, I don't even care. I don't even care. I don't need any more what, information. I, exactly. That's all I need to know. Yeah. I okay. bought it, and I don't regret it. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I want to talk about Excess 90 really fast. Dave, you and I are doing Excess 90. Uh, it starts this weekend. Monday. Uh, Monday. Monday. It starts, starts Monday. I mean, if you want it to end on Easter, Easter. It, it does, yeah. Yeah. Um, Excess 90 is now a, a sponsor of the Catholic Man Show. Woo! Full disclaimer. Super pumped about that. That was a, a, a great um, partnership there. But also... So just to let you know, if you're a, a, a supporter of the Catholic Man Show, if you're on, uh, you go to patreon.com/slash/the Catholic Man Show, 
We had Tyler McKee, who is a, a longtime patron. He's also a cook for us at the uh, camp, camp out. Does the best cookies, chocolate chip cookies, known to man. Um, he reached out to us and he was like, "Hey, I'm in Houston. I'm uh, I would like to do XS90, but none of my friends want to do it with me. Is there any way that we could get you know a couple groups uh, and some guys together?" Well, I I posted on our, our Patreon page. He now has ten guys in his uh, XS90 group. And he um, is it vir- like a, a virtual a virtual group? Uh huh. And so because there was such a uh, there was such a good response, he's going to add another group in the event that some other people want to go. So if you want to uh, do XS ninety, but you don't have a group to do it with, if you don't have Fraternal Brothers, but you you uh, feel would feel confident doing it on Zoom or whatever it is, knowing that the other men, even though you don't know them personally, are striving for virtue, are taking their faith seriously, and you want to uh, get together with them, uh, we are offering that to all of our patrons, and it's going to be, I think it's going to be a big blessing to to a lot of to a lot of men. Sweet. So, That's awesome. So it's going to be really cool. And shout you out gotta, to Tyler McKee. So, he, so here's the deal, though. It's the guys who say, I want this, I want to do something, and they just execute it. Yeah, you know, it's awesome. like it's Steve it's Steven from doing the Catholic uh, Comedy Festival. Tyler, who says, like, I need this. Let's make this happen. Uh, St. Stephen Hool has done this quite a bit for us on the Catholic Man Show. Uh, there's a lot of guys. Juan is is the prime example of helping us with the Catholic Man Show. Yeah, Juan helps a lot. Um, you know, so there's a lot of guys out there that just say, yes, I want to be a part of this. I want to move forward, and they help us out and, and, and get it done. So just shout out to everybody. That the, is most The men of action. The yes. men of action. Yes. So anyway, I just wanted to, to go check that, uh, let you guys know and check that out, uh, excess90.com. But you can be a patron and, and, and get plugged into a group immediately. So Dave, the uh, gear. So also we have some first-time listeners, uh, some guys maybe from Phoenix who's never listened to the Catholic Man Show before. We open a review, a, joy, a, a, a beverage, and then we talk about a, a gear of some kind that men enjoy, and then we have a conversation. So we just opened up a beer. Uh, we highlighted some of the things that have been happening to us this last week. Now we jump into the gear, which is blinding. Uh, Dave, go ahead. So this is the Zone Light, I believe, is the brand. It's, it's a, a headlamp. headlamp strip. It if looks you, like one like of those. If you want, you can pull it down over your eyes. And you look like Star, the Star Trek dude. Right. What, mean, what is, is Cyclops. He looks like Cyclops. Or like like a Cyclops, yeah. Although, like just just like... Full disclosure: If you pull it down over your eyes, it is so defeating because you can't see you can't anything. See anything right. right? Like it's like you might as well just be in the dark. Right. Except worse because maybe you could your eyes could adjust to the dark. But anyway, I got this for Christmas from my brother Jake. Shout out Jake. Shout out to Jake. And it's a sweet headlamp. Um, I looked it up, and it's like less than twenty dollars. Um, the thing about it is that it lights up everything. Your whole because it's a strip over your forehead, right? And it, it's just like your whole field of vision is light. It's not. It's not, like the difference between a old car with their headlights and then the brand new cars with the LED extended out, right? Uh, uh, sure. Headlights, but it also the blind. Let, let me just tell you, the headlights on cars these days are too bright. They I are. Also, think especially when they are. If that you're is in ridiculous. A car and you pass a new truck. Like it, it just, it's it, just, just like blinding. It's, it's killing you. That is that is the platform that I will be but, running on so, as the president of the United States for but, next so year. So like, here's the strip. Also on the backside, though, for two years, is this the red light? And it's it's sort of like 
a car, right? Like you got the brake lights in the back, Boom. except they're red. So if there's somebody behind you, like they can see you, mm-hmm. but you're not going to ruin their night vision, vision right? Um, anyway, it's just, uh, it just says headlamp. Like I had to look, I had to search for the brand, but it's zone light, like Z-O-N-N-L-I-T-E. Okay. Just Google headlamp strip. And it's strip. like 20 bucks? It was less than $20. Wow, that's great. Um, it, you know, it's rechargeable. It's just been great. Uh, it's it's good for some things. It's not good for others. So, like, if you're outside, it's not the one I would use. Like, if you're in the woods. Really? Yeah, because it's um, it because it is bright in so all it directions, it, it doesn't focus disperse. the light, right? Okay. So, if you're hiking or something, I would probably use a regular like headlamp that will focus. So this is more for like if you're doing projects in the house. Yeah, project in the house, exactly. Plumbing. I was just using it today in the garage. Um, Underneath the cabinets, plumbing, that kind of thing. Right, because the downside to the other headlamp is you have to turn your head, right? So this is, no matter where you look with your eyes, you're going to be able to see. And it's just, it's a, a cool headlamp. It's also very comfortable. Which is key if you're going to wear it for a long time. Yeah. So nice. anyway, uh, check it out. Cool headlamp. And also, like, you cannot have too many headlamps. I don't I care. It's like flashlights. It's like pocket knives. I don't care like, what people say. Like, you need a headlamp by each door, right? You need one in the garage. <laughs> right. You just need several. Like, maybe even one in the car. Like, in the you know in the trunk of your car. Just, like, throw one back there. I think that's a, a wise decision in the event you get stranded or something like that. So... And it does have like the bright, the dim, and then the flashing. Like the flashing, I get that like it's a safety feature. I'm not sure like it's the worst. How often you like? Do you really need the? Is that if you want to fight somebody? That's a great feature. Uh, Yeah. Oh, (laughs) you know what? With this one, it's so blinding. Yeah. Like if you were to turn that on in a like at night and you're fighting somebody, that would be, uh, that would be a thing. Yeah. Good point, Juan. It's combat. it's combat mode. It's that's combat, what it is. Mode. combat mode. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So um, if, if you want, we can go ahead and get into the topic because I think we've got a lot of material here to go over. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. Unless you have anything else. You should uh, become a patron. I think you should just do that. Yeah. That, uh, so one of the other things that we we have on Patreon is we have the book club that we're doing. We're doing uh, we're reading a, mm-hmm. a work from Father Gary Goulagrange. Caribou. And, uh, there's... There's four of us that have been reading it, and we've been doing it for a while now, and we've been just kind of chipping away at it. But it has been so great to, you know, you know when you get together on a weekly basis, you start knowing somebody even better, and like, sure. Um, this, I mean, this morning we had our, uh, you know, our, our our book club, and it was like we had great conversation, and um, I just highly recommend it. Like, I, we're gonna, I'm gonna do one. I'll probably do one right after we finish this one. Um, is it on Zoom? Is that what you do? Yep, it's on Zoom. Uh, so if somebody can, any of the patrons, I mean, it's any, a, I mean, we, I send it out every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you haven't been, uh, you know, following with us, if you just want to jump in just to see just what we're talking about, yeah. you're more than welcome. Um, I think I'm going to do. I'm not positive, but I think I'm going to do uh, Peepers uh, Leisure: The Basis of Culture. Nice, that's a good one. Um, what time do you start? We typically start at six forty-five in the morning. Six forty-five Central. Central time, and then we go we, we go for an hour. So if you're on the West Coast, four forty-five plus or minus a little bit, yeah. So and we typically only read about ten to fifteen pages a week, so it's not taxing. It's not like homework. But you don't read them. You read them ahead of time and then discuss right. them. Yeah, we all read them ahead of time, and then we say like, "Hey, what, what was he meaning here?" Because th- this book especially was very beneficial because 
uh, to do with in a group because it's uh, heavy philosophy. There's a lot of French philosophers that I'm not aware of, that I wasn't aware of uh, beforehand that requires background of, of knowledge of like what is uh, Father Gary Galugrange combating? Like what is he um, giving a rebuttal to? So it's good to have at least one smart guy. So it's good to have at least one smart guy. Yeah, you have a smart. Do you have a smart? Yeah, we actually all three of them are are smarter than I am. So it it works out really well for me. It's very beneficial for me. Yeah. So come join like Adam's tutor session. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Um, it's my uh, opportunity to grow in humility every week. I have many of those. But if you, yeah, it, it's really good. It's, you know, when you're really dumb, there's a lot of opportunities for to humility. just grow in virtue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so when we get back, we're going to talk about the interior life uh, from a book that I I have really enjoyed. It's a great. Book. I haven't read it in a long time, but I really enjoyed it. It's a must read. I think we'll be right back. The money that we earn throughout our lives, it's important to invest it. It's important to invest it for our children's sake, for uh, our retirement's sake, in order that we may also be able to donate more money to the church and to charitable organizations. But a lot of times it's really hard to know where your money is going and if it is a moral place to invest. And that's why we rely on ChristCenteredCapital.com. ChristCenteredCapital.com points out what companies, organizations, and charities are aligned with our Christian values. Maybe more importantly, which companies are not in line with our Christian values. So we can make morally informed decisions on where to do, what to do with our capital. And Mark over at ChristCenteredCapital has provided us with a promo code to give you one month free at ChristCenteredCapital. It's TCMS. 2022 TCMS 2022 no obligations one month free you can check it out and rest assured that your money is going to morally sound companies christcenteredcapital.com where do your values lie welcome back to the catholic man show (laughs) sipping on a little bit of uh imperial bourbon aged out from Tufts Brewery, Full Grown Jack. Talked about a little bit of the headlamp and some of our antics that we happened over at the Catholic Comedy Conference or Festival. Um, we're going to talk about the interior life tonight. Dave, I don't know if you remember this. You probably don't remember this, but the first time I read this book, I was about 25 to 30 pages in, and I called you and was like, you know, whenever you start reading a book and you know this is a good book. I do remember you telling me about it. Do you? Yeah. I thought you definitely would not. So uh, so I was really pumped whenever you said, hey, well, let's talk about this tonight. I actually asked Derek Lissy, uh, who we're going to have on the show at some point, but I asked him to join us because this is one of his favorite books. Really? But he couldn't do it tonight. So, um, But yeah. Uh, the Soul of the Apostolate is what we're talking about this evening. Yeah, so if you have an apostolate... You know, like your own mission that you do, whatever it is. Um, and you, like the thing is, you should. Probably you should. Not 100% you should. Um, and it doesn't have to be anything major, you know. Or new. Like, or new. Like some people, like their apostolate is, oh, I, you know, like if I see anybody like this, I would, you know, like I have, it's just like nothing official. Right. You mean like. My a, apostolate is I host men once a month uh, for dinner and, and hang out. Yeah, like Juan has an apostolate of hospitality. I mean, it's not a virtue of hospitality. It's not yeah. like, but that's like what he does, you know, like right. as a ministry. You know, he hosts right. people from the parish. You know, it's like one of his things. Right. So, like, 
it doesn't have to be something official, you know, it, it, to be an apostolate. So this book is really a must read, I think. I'll just like spoiler alert the like the bottom line is that Christ has to be the foundation and desire of your apostolate. Uh, if Christ isn't what you serve, mm-hmm. then your apostolate is off track. Right. So if you're in adoration, you're looking up at the crucifix and you're looking up at Jesus who uh, had the most excruciating pain known to man and died for your sins. And in the stillness of the, of the adoration hour, you're looking up at him and it's not coming through to you in prayer that this is what you should be doing. And that's that's a cause to at least reevaluate then, what's going what, on. What, say, then what isn't what you should be, then what is what you should be doing? Like for instance, so if I'm if if I'm praying about you know Catholic radio and I'm in adoration and I'm looking up at the crucifix and I'm looking up at my Savior who died for me in the most excruciating way possible. And you're praying about Catholic. And I'm radio. praying about Catholic radio. Okay, maybe that was and, the part the, that I missed. Oh, well, I may have not said that correctly. But but in the stillness of the you know of adoration, uh-huh. in stillness and prayer, and you're praying about it. And he's not telling you, this is what I want you to do to grow my kingdom, or this is what I'm calling you to do. Mm-hmm. That may be something that you need to, I'm not saying you can't, you shouldn't do it, but it's something that you should ask yourself, is this what I should be doing? Right, because you don't necessarily feel a call at every moment to, right. do, you know, to do something, yeah, but uh, yeah, like especially if you're discerning, you right. know, then there, you should, the Lord will uh, impress it upon you in one way or another, because he's, he's so faithful like that. But I, I think that a lot of people get distracted. They measure, you know, it's not like a business where you're you can measure success by profitability. You know how sustainable? Oh no, no, you can't. So, and th- I think there's a temptation to do that sometimes. You have to measure it by how much money you make and how famous you get. Right, exactly. I mean, there there is there is a notion about that uh, that circulates like, oh, you know, you should be making money on your like. I can't tell you how many times people have told us that about our show. Like, right. oh, you should be monetizing your show. Right. You know, like almost as if we have a duty to do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like as if this should be our full-time job. Right. Um, and I just have always, I, I, I am, I do think, I, I get what they're saying a lot of times that like don't, you know, you shouldn't be afraid of, if, if you're putting in all this work, you know, the laborer deserves his, his payment, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But I don't like the idea of like, oh, that's what you should do, um, because I think that's not always the case, right? It depends on how how are you measuring measuring success. Success isn't measured in patron subscribers. I mean, for me, if in this ministry, success is measured in souls converted. Stop. Full stop. There is no other measure of success. Yeah. Other than men, bringing men closer to Christ. Right. Making, taking their vocation seriously. Exactly. Making men more fully alive. Mm-hmm. Making them, you know, open up and, like, become more of a man. Mm-hmm. More Christ-like. The, yeah, right. That is the only thing that I care about as far as measuring success for our apostolate. Anyway, so that's not what we're talking about today. Um, at the very beginning of the book, he's talking about some things, and he... Um, he talks about the 11 truths of the interior life. By the way, if you're looking for the book and you don't have it yet, I highly recommend uh, this version that's put out by Catholic Answers Press. It is very that's well done. That's by Catholic d- Answers? Uh-huh. It's very well done. This is the one I have, which is fine, but it's not nearly as nice as... This is This is one that you would want in a hardback, like, nice edition. Right. 
So Catholic Answers Press uh, puts this out. It's really nice hardback uh, with a ribbon for a bookmark. It has wide margins for being able for easy reading and being able to make notes and things like that. Uh, this is the one that I would I, I would recommend. I actually don't like to make notes in my I do in my fancy one. I, I like to have one like this that I'll go through once and mark up, mm-hmm. and then I like to have something. I mean, I I say I like to. A nice one I can just read without, because right. when you make notes and then you come encounter that note again, <clears throat> it distracts me. Now, like it, it makes me pull that thing out of instead of like. Sometimes when you read back through, you pull something new out, and then you read it again. It's something new, and I find like when the same thing's underlined, it distracts me, and all I focus on is like, oh yeah, what was that? Like, right. you know what I mean? It doesn't allow me to approach it fresh mm-hmm. again. Anyway, um, so. He gives a, this is, oh, it's written by Jean-Baptiste Chotard. That's his name. That's good. That's as well as I can say it anyway. Jean, Jean-Baptiste Chotard. <laughs> That's, it's C-H-A-U-T-A-R-D. Chotard. I don't know. Like, I don't, also, I don't speak French. Okay, so... <laughs> Um, he gives a definition of the interior life, which I think is excellent. Okay. Give um, it to me. He says, the interior life is the state of activity of a soul, the activity of a soul, which strives against its natural inclinations in order to regulate them and endeavors to acquire the habit of judging and directing its movements in all things according to the light of the gospel and the example of our Lord. So it's it's, it's virtue, self mastery. It's virtue. It, yeah, I mean, like uh, regulating regulating right. your inclinations and orienting them in a habitual towards the way. end. Yeah, in a, in a habitual way. I mean, like it's a virtue, guys. We talk about virtue all the time, right? right? So, um, but it's like an interior. It's it's one thing to have exterior virtues. There mm-hmm. are also interior virtues, like uh, custody of the heart, custody of desires, custody of the eyes, custody of the eyes. That that one is kind of exterior, like it's something that you're doing on the outside, right? You know, like. But it's uh, it's one thing to okay. like do something externally, Maybe and so. then it's another way to like control your feelings, because feelings sometimes things happen that make us feel a certain way, right? And that's, you know. You know, if someone punches you and you get mad about it, like that's not a sin. I, that's typically that's not a that's sin. That's typically okay. my reaction, <laughs> right? Like that's a normal. Unless thing. I'm boxing, if I'm boxing, it's right? Like, I mean, it's like, like you stepped into the ring on right, purpose, okay? Right. Like, but you know, but still, there is a, a sense in which we can learn to master our emotions. You know, like I if, agree. If Christ got punched in the face, he probably wouldn't even really get mad. He'd probably be like, well, he probably oh, like turns the other cheek. He'd probably be overcome with sorrow for the other person. You know, like and like, oh, how terrible that. I love you so much. You know, like, uh, I wish I could help you. I want to help you. You punched me. I want to help you. He's so not anyway. Pa- he's not a pacifist, though. No, he's not. Okay, so so there's 11 truths that he, he lays out for the uh, interior life. Is this correct? This is correct. And we'll um, discuss them. Well, let's just start. The first truth. Supernatural life. We will start with one. Number one. Supernatural life is the life of Jesus Christ himself in my soul. By faith, hope, and charity. For Jesus is the meritorious, exemplary, and final cause of sanctifying grace. And, as word, the Father and the Holy Ghost, with the Father and the Holy Ghost, he is the efficient cause in our souls. So he is the final and efficient cause 
So this is like supernatural life in your soul. So this is like what we were talking about last week, right? When we were talking about the difference between uh, infused virtues and acquired mm-hmm. virtues. Like infused virtues happens whenever you're in baptism. You get uh, infused virtues of faith, hope, and love. Right. Um, he actually talks about infused virtues in here a little bit. Inf- oh. Infusions of grace, anyway. He talks. He okay. mentions it. Yeah. So it's a good. It does kind we of like follow up. It's because we plan totally, it. We plan totally this out. Accident, bro. Back in November, we were like, you know, what we should do in January. We should definitely have back to back. We recorded topics. this back in January. Right. Yeah. yeah. It is actually. It is January. Yeah. I said back in November. Oh yeah. You're right. Okay. Whatever. So um, this is he's talking about like the presence of Christ, like Christ makes Himself present in your in your soul, and so He is the efficient cause. He's the one who's actually like doing it. He's also the final cause, like the ultimate one who's re- who's ultimately responsible. Responsible, but he goes he makes sure to make the point that this presence is not the same as it is in the Eucharist, for instance. The presence of him in of Christ in your soul, in your soul, it's from the infused virtues is not the same as the as the real the presence. presence of the Eucharist in the Eucharist. Right, and he, he says in your soul, it's the Christ is present. What he calls a presence of vital action, like that of the action of the head or heart upon the members of the body. Um, the second truth: by this life, Jesus Christ imparts to me His Spirit. So he's he's giving you all of his all of his stuff. He says he becomes the principle of a superior activity, which raises me up, provided I do not obstruct it. So he does all uh, that is needed for you to inherit eternal life. Some of these kind of as long as you cooperate with it. Yeah, some of these are very similar. So we'll kind of skip over the ones that are more similar. But we've got you know like nine more. We'll be right back. A virtue is the habit of doing the good over and over again. But sometimes it's very hard to start doing that good thing over and over again. And that's why David and I are inviting you to join us as we do Exodus 90 this year. Exodus 90 starts January 17th, and it continues to go all the way through Easter. It is a way for us to be able to be to, to experience freedom from our phones freedom from maybe drinking too much, freedom from maybe eating too much, whatever advice or whatever thing that is keeping us from Christ, Exodus 90 is a great program that's going to allow us to be more free, to be more who Christ truly calls us to be. So go to Exodus90.com, join us, and let's experience a path to freedom. Exodus90.com. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Adam thinks Juan looks good in green. I did say that. I know. I think it looks actually at the beginning of the set. I think he looks look, good I mean, in a green just, polo. Would you just look at him? I know. It's like a verdant, like a verdant Itchy? vision. Itchy? Verde. Did you hear what I said? A verdant vision? Mm. That is a pun. That's an alliterative pun. You're welcome, English majors. <laughs> Take that with your first annual (laughs) no-nos. Okay. I I need to focus. I do. I just need to focus. The third truth that we're talking about in the interior life. 
based off of the book The Soul of the Apostolate by Jean Baptiste Chotard. Was that one better? Yeah, that was, that was probably the like, best one you've done. Because like, <laughs> just it's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard it's word a, to say, name it, to say without sounding that, weird. You know, right. like what did you say? Right. The third truth. I would be depriving myself of one of the most effective means of acquiring this interior life if I failed to strive after a precise and certain faith in the active presence within me. Not merely a living faith, but an extremely vital reality and one which penetrated more and more into all the life of my faculties. So one of the problems is that this guy writes long sentences, okay? You know, and so it's like, there's a lot going on there. What I'm taking away from here is that I, I love this idea of striving after a precise and certain faith, right? That this, the, the interior life that Christ is calling me to, he has called no one else to. My relationship with Christ is 100% unique. Right, you can, you, you can love Christ uh, in a completely unique way that no one else can. Right, exactly. I can never have your interior life. Right. No one can have my interior life the right. way like that relationship I have with Christ. Mm-hmm. And so he's called me to something he has called no one else to. And it's like I, it's a specific, certain, precise and if I'm not striving after, it's not like, oh, yeah, you know, like I'm striving after something general, you know, like, okay, yeah, I'm trying to be a good person. Right. You know, that's, that's hogwash. No. Because good people can go to hell. It's exactly. And it, it's sort of like, uh, the voc- like our vocations in general. We're not called, like, this is something all the three of us have talked about before. Like, we're not called just to do, like, good stuff, like a level of good stuff, but there's, like, specific things God calls right. us to. Right. Um. So I, I think that that's really good because the same is true interiorly. And that's something that you can only really come to understand in prayer, right? That if you do not mm-hmm. have a good prayer life... In, you, in contemplative prayer. Contemplative, like meditative contemplative Just prayer. Just like where you're being quiet. Right, and, and uh, being still, mm-hmm. you know, in the stillness of the soul. That's the only time that you'll be able to really fully understand the calling that God is calling you to yeah uh, and the vocation that he's calling you to outside of your your big vocations that are very apparent mm-hmm. that you've made vows to and things like that right i i 100% agree with that like when i pray when i spend time in the morning in like quiet prayer you know i, I sometimes i'll do the whole acts thing like adoration mm-hmm. contrition thanksgiving supplication the one i spend the most time in is adoration not on purpose but like i find myself just like when i think about adoration i'm not actually saying how much i love him I tend to think more about how much he loves me. Mm-hmm. This is why it's way easier for me in the meditative and contemplative uh, prayer life to to focus on either Christ in the agony of the garden or Christ crucified or Christ, you know Christ, the the sorrowful mystery, so to speak, um, because of what he goes through for for me and for you know for me alone. Like if it, if I was the only one here, he would have still done it for me. Um, it's right. harder for me to meditate on. Um, you know, the birth of our Lord or you know, the resurrection of our Lord. Um, it, it I can still do it, but it, it yeah. doesn't it is, come as It is natural. good to, like, mix it up because, you know, you like, oh, be- different beauties and all right. these yeah, things. Right, yeah, but... What I tend to think natural, about is, like, the, the, uh, there are mystics who have, like, seen Christ on the cross or, like, he's looked at them from the cross. Right. And they tried to describe the gaze, like, yeah, of just right. this gaze of love. This piercing... Love. Like even it's like when they're sh- when Christ might be showing them uh, their sins, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, several people have near death experiences or whatever, right? Like where 
they were living a terrible life, died, um, and then, you know, Christ revealed, you know, like they would have gone to hell, but even though they, even still, Christ looked at them with this just... Piercing love. Piercing, like, terrified, like, they were terrified, right, because it was so much, and I I, I tend to think about that, and, like, how much he loves me, and so, like, for me, uh, I'll spend all this time just resting in that. I, I, like, I'm not thinking about anything, and, like, before Mass, that's what I tend to do. I just, like, know, I just know that he loves me, and I just stay there, and that's it, and that's, like, it's just so great. Anyway, um, the fourth truth. In proportion to the intensity, I like this one, in proportion to the intensity of my love for God, my supernatural life may increase at every moment by a new infusion of the grace of the active presence of Jesus in me. Every wow, single that, moment. That is awesome. I mean, like, this is the little way, right? This is yes. this is what St. Teresa of Lisieux said, was talking about, you know, you're doing... Uh, you, uh, little things with great love. Right. It's like you might be this afternoon going to like minister to homeless people. Great. Every moment is an opportunity to grow in grace. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just later when you're doing something like, oh, wow, that's so great that you minister to homeless people. You know, like, right. uh, which is great. That is great. But you have no more opportunity to grow in grace in those moments than you do in this moment right now. Every single moment, your opportunity to grow in grace. Well, I think there are hierarchies. Well, but it's it's by like a, it's this receptivity, okay, right? So if you're not receptive now, what, you won't be receptive right. later. I know what you're you saying, know, but I, I agree that there is like um, there is a degrees, but it's not uh, what I'm talking about. We're not talking about economy of graces here. We're just talking about right. living in the Our, present moment to be receptive to His love, exactly. So that so that way you can uh, grow. You can grow in supernatural virtue and grow in uh, His love at every moment of the day. Right. Exactly. Okay. Um, and so He says, "You have an infusion. This infusion is produced by two things: um, each meritorious act, so like virtue. cooperating with His grace, yeah, and then the sacraments, especially the Eucharist." Obviously. So, yeah, it's like, yeah, well, totally. That should be number one. Totally number two, right? Yeah, I know. Uh, so, like, every moment we can grow in holiness. Right. Every single one. That's just great. The fifth truth. The triple concupiscence. I meant to look up. What? That the I meant you to look triple, that up. You can triple a stamp I don't. concupiscence? I, the only thing is, like, is it uh, the world, the flesh, and the, the devil? devil? Like, it's gotta, yeah, that's got to be. Is that the triple concupiscence one? Will you look up triple concupiscence? I was. Oh, I, was I cannot believe. That. I meant to look that up because it was like blowing my mind. Like, oh, there's more concupiscence than I realized. <laughs> Is there a quadruple? I don't know. <laughs> I pray. I pray there's not. It's like, how much other stuff don't I know? Right. So anyway, <laughs> the triple concupiscence caused by original sin and increased by every one of my actual sins establishes elements of death that militate against the life of Jesus in me. Man, that is so hard. Right? Like, yeah. every venial sin. Man, this guy, you want to talk to us about somebody who hates venial sin? Jean-Baptiste Chetard. He hates. He's like, he, do, he, he doesn't put up with it. I'll just tell you. Like, other stuff in the book? No. So he says, these things diminish the light, that life within me in, a, in the exact proportion as these elements are allowed to develop. So in as much as we cooperate with these uh, venial sins, in as much as we welcome 
uh, and develop attachments to them mm-hmm. in, in exact proportion to our affinity for them is how much they destroy the life of Christ within us. Yeah, because, I mean, they, uh, you know, the life of venial sin always leads uh, or opens yourself up to mortal sin. Exactly. All right, so... Triple concupiscence, here we go. The triple concupiscence is biblical, is in John, in the Gospel of John, and is the loss of the flesh, the loss of the eye, and the pride of life. The love of the flesh. Lust of the flesh. Lust of, lust of the flesh. Lust of the eyes. Lust of the eyes. And the pride of life. And the pride of life. John 2, 15, 17. First John chapter 2, 15, verse 17. That makes me worried because I don't really know about those a whole lot. I know, that makes me nervous too because it's like... Like lust of the flesh is different from lust, lust of, of the, the eyes. I feel like those are... I mean, like, Very. there have been times where I've, like, looked at a chocolate cake and be like, that looks so good. Uh, but, like, is that lust of the eyes? Am I just, like, beautiful things to look at? You Jim, know, what like, do you think, Jim? I'm just lusting over... Jim, lu- Jim's turning red. I'm over lusting over this he's, gorgeous he's this gorgeous landscape. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I'm going to need a minute, guys. Okay, so what? what's the next one? Um, Let's try to get one more before the we, we have to get off radio. Yes. The sixth truth. If I am not faithful in the use of certain means, namely my intelligence, uh, no. If I'm not use, if not, if I'm not faithful in the use of certain means, my intelligence will become blind and my will too weak to cooperate with Jesus in the increase or even in the maintenance of His life in me. So sin makes you stupid. Sin it, makes you stupid. I knew that you were going to say that. I was counting on you to say that, bro. Well, we did best not let for me down. Time. I got you. So this will this will result in the gradual diminishment of charity in the soul. This role this road will lead to the gradual compromise with venial sin and can put the your entire salvation in danger since you are now paving the way towards mortal sin. Venial sins are not kosher. Venial sins pave the way to mortal sin. Mortal sin makes you go to hell. Um, and like we said last week, uh, uh, most saints who have written about the interior life say the spiritual life begins when you stop when you stop sinning not mortally but venially venially Venially. i thought i thought the spiritual life began when you stop mortally sinning no venially so i haven't even started (laughs) it's gonna be a while i think no you can do it i i can do it i'm just saying like at my current trajectory Stop sinning. So hey, we're, out, we're out of time here on the radio. If you go to thecatholicmanager.com, you can check out this full episode and all of our other episodes. We will continue going on uh, Facebook five. and YouTube and uh, our podcast. Uh, we want to thank everybody, all of our sponsors, for uh, supporting the Catholic Man Show. We are on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. So I was thinking about how each faith is so unique. Like, there's going like to be two... Di- different... Re- oh, like within a person, not like different religions. No, 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 yeah. When you think about like the personal faith and the unique, the uniqueness of it. And it made me think of the guardian angels and how they're all different. You know, like they're all u- unique. So it would yeah. make sense that... That's a good analogy. You would need something unique to, to protect something... Unique. Unique. Yeah. Totally. I mean, not even just the guardian angels, all the angels, not just the... Yeah, all angels. <laughs> Not just the yeah, guardian yeah, angels. Yeah. yeah. Did you see? Have you seen that meme where it's like that one of the like I think seraph angels where it has like all these eyes and wings and like it looks absolutely crazy and it says like I told you not to be afraid. <laughs> and it's like just like this scary, uh, scary angel. And it's like. 
I, I specifically told you not to be afraid. I've not seen that. Dude, come on. Don't don't be afraid. Like all these eyes and all of these wings. And I can't. You're so scary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's keep going. Let's, uh, the seventh truth. The seventh truth. I must. Uh, yeah, hold on. Before you do that, did you did you not say at the very beginning of this? Did I, I think I read this. That uh, he says with the, uh, let us uh, at least remind the reader that everyone is obliged to accept the following principles as absolutely oh, certain. Oh, he does. And based as absolutely certain. And based, uh, yeah, as absolutely certain, and and base his inter- inner life on them. So. He, he makes. Does, he, he does, does say a bold, it's a bold, bold claim. I didn't say that because, like, I wasn't sure if that's true. <laughs> like, you have everyone is obliged. You know that to me. That dude, means. Dude, what if I wrote a book that said, <laughs> right? To the me, following bullet points: everybody is obliged. You must. You must uh, acquiesce. You know, to me, that means that this is a dogma of the faith. Like, and these things specifically are not dogmas, and so. I didn't say that because the church doesn't explicitly say what he says. Now, that doesn't mean it's not true. Right. Right. But it's just a bold claim, which if you're, you know, looking for a guy who's making bold statements, this this could be a book for right. you. Right. Totally. I agree. I don't want to shy away from the bold claims. Me either. Yeah, just like who's the guy who wrote True Devotion? St. Louis de Montfort. De Montfort. He also makes bold claims. I it? love that man. But I, you know, I when I, I first read it. I thought they were bold, and then the more like I've grown accustomed to them, it's like that's not bold, right? Like he says, "He who has not Mary for his mother has not God for his father." Right. It's like well, that's a bold claim because I know a lot of people who like don't take Mary as their mother. Mary's like oh, not very fond, not not very fond of Mary, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like the more I think about it, it's true. So anyway, Theotokos all the way. Yes, don't you love the word Theotokos? Yeah, I do. I also do. Number seven. Number seven. The seventh the, truth. The perfect one. This one's prime. I must seriously fear that I do not have the degree of interior life that Jesus demands of me. That's kind of a, uh, kind of a bolt. That's kind of a kick in, kick says, in the pants. So, like, um, you know, I've been, I've brought this book up several times lately. Uh, the life of Mary is seen by the mystics, right? And one of the things that Mary, that the mystics reveal about Mary's interior life is that she was constantly worried about this, um, that she had like a sort of anxiety about her own. For instance, before the Annunciation, I think it seems like there was kind of like a, a general feeling that the Messiah was close. I think like the... Kind of pe- like we have a general feeling that the end of time is coming. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do we have any more beer? Yeah. Por favor. Um, But she was worried that her own unworthiness might prevent the Messiah from coming. Mm. Doesn't that make you feel terrible? Like, you you are just the worst. I am. Mary's over there like, my unworthiness is going to be the reason why the Messiah doesn't come. And it's like, oh, shoot. (laughs) You were immaculately conceived. I didn't even think about that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wait it's you <laughs> yeah that's, that's i guess it. i'm not even gonna make it you know but anyway um he says that we should be we should seriously fear uh that we do not have the interior life that jesus demands in two ways or because of two things if i cease number one if i cease to increase my thirst to live in jesus 
That thirst which gives me both the desire to please God in all things and the fear of displeasing him in any way whatsoever. So that's one thing. So like, Okay, so this is the, uh, yeah. like perfect love and imperfect love. If I fail to increase that thirst for him, so if I, um, then it says, I, necess- I necessarily cease to increase this thirst if I no longer make use of the means for doing so. And he names specifically morning mental prayer, mass, the sacraments, the office, general and particular examinations of conscience and spiritual reading. So like, if you're not doing those things to... Man, I'm not doing all those things. Well, you don't, I don't think you have to do all of them, but you should be. I mean, like, all of them are good. I mean... I would like to, though. Which one do you not do? I don't do the office. I don't do the office, but... Um, I mean, that's okay. I think that's I don't, okay. I don't examine, like, do particular examinations of conscience as well as what I should. I also don't. But, like, reading of the office is also not, uh, like... Uh, not in a, not necessary for your state in life, right? Like, right. as a I'm layman not, with young... with Especially with young children, like, reading the... Uh, Praying well, the you office. Know, Compline, you should, you, I mean, or Vespers, you can probably do. You can do one. Yeah, but the, but, I but like don't. doing the whole thing, you know what I mean? I'm like, sorry, Jim. I'm sorry I let you down. Um, and then he says, you must seriously fear if you are, if, if you do not have the minimum of recollection, which will allow me during my work to watch over my heart and to keep it pure and generous enough not to silence the voice of our Lord when he warns me of the elements of death as soon as they show themselves, and urge urges me to fight them. Oh, I'm terrible at that. I am not good at that. I am not good at... Like, even when I'm doing work that I think the Lord is wanting me to do, uh, you know, I work for the Chancery, so I have a lot of opportunity to... Like, my day job is focused on the work, like, doing... Yeah, but you don't have any more opportunity than anybody else to do the work of Christ. Right, but I'm saying... You know what I mean? But, like... like, You do. You do work at the Chancery. But it's very... It's easy to... I don't think that actually gives you more opportunity. But but it's more clear... It's very... It's even clearer. It manifests in a clearer way than what... Like, an easier way. An easier way. I'm going to push back on you. Like, he called you to that job. He didn't call other people to that job. Right. You know what I mean? But it's easier to, like, try to, like talk to the bishop and say what is your will for for me to do today versus you know going and selling castings forging stampings and machining it's mm-hmm. easier to see this is something uh oh it's easier to see maybe right to, into like to be aware of it and okay. i still don't do it very well yeah i'm really good you know so he's talking about when you hear you know when you kind of have that inclination like oh i shouldn't Maybe I shouldn't watch a movie tonight. You know, I probably got a better, like, probably go to bed, like better things to do, like almost anything else. I'm going to watch a movie, you know, whatever it is. Right. But I'm, I am like, I have those moments and I, I'm really good at like thinking about them the next day and being like, well, I'm just so, st-, you know, it's like thinking about how stupid I am. And dude, I think about that all the time. Right. Well, that, if you want to talk about something that's easy, easy to recognize, and there, look no further, but um, behold, yeah, eche, <laughs> eche homo, um, eche, eche uh, stolte. <laughs> that means behold the stupid. stupid. Yeah, that is. Thank you, Latin class. Thank you, <laughs> eche stolte. <laughs> you should tell. I want you to tell David Dean that we we said that tomorrow. That like ask him. Make sure I said it right. You, yeah, eche stolte. Anyway. Um, but yeah, like I'm terrible at 
Because, you know, like in the moment, I want to I wanna do the thing, whatever it is. Your appetites are wanting to lead My you. Appetites are hungry. And it feels good to feed them. Right. Anyway, um, the eighth truth. My interior life, this one is really, this one is so important. My interior life will be no better than the custody of my heart. Hmm. Right? So, like, when you read things about St. Joseph, this is, like, one of the big things that people talk about with St. Joseph. I don't know how they know it, but certain saints have written about, like, his, his virtues, mm-hmm. and they talk about his custody of heart and how he reserved all, he, like, guarded his affections and he would like he would not give his affections to anything of the world so that he might uh, be affectionate only for god you know that like even his affections for food his affections for sleep his affections for good things mm-hmm. he reserved and held them back you know so that he might guard his heart against anything against for against all things and preserve it completely for our Lord. Uh, so, uh, we, you know, I was talking to you about the book club that, that we do. Um, we were actually talking about this this morning. We were talking about uh, or an aspect of this. We were talking about how uh, when temptation arises, there's like basically three three things, three ways you can act, right? And and the more you act like the first way, the more virtuous you become and the, more, the less of a temptation it becomes, right? So you can be like obedient to God's will where if he says, don't eat this. Don't eat this fruit. You don't even think about eating the fruit. You just keep moving on. You don't think about how good it could taste. You don't look at it. You don't. You don't think. You just move right, on. Right. There's another way, like an imperfect obedience, where you look. You, you you don't do it. You don't do what he, you know. He tells you not to do it. You don't do it. But you still kind of meditate on, it, like, oh, that would be fun mm. to do. I mean, I'm not gonna do I'm it. I'm not gonna do it. But man, it would taste good to eat that fruit, or that fruit looks good, and you kind of like meditate on the mm-hmm. idea on the act and then there's the the, the full disobedience kind of like where you enjoy being tempted by it by you it. know you're not going to do it but just like even like mm, but this it, you're right it does look good right and then there's the, the full disobedience right but the 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 tricky part is is that actually the imperfect obedience can bleed into disobedience very very fast right especially right? if you're willfully I mean, being tempted being by tempted, it. right and, and i mean aquinas talks about how that is like very that is a mortal sin he mm-hmm. talks about how allowing yourself to be tempted over a, a, a grave matter is uh if you're doing it on purpose on purpose if you're doing it it has to be on purpose because like in right. some ways like oh don't don't eat that fruit mm-hmm. it's like okay but i am gonna like it's it's sort of like what christ says he who has committed adultery in his heart, heart. you know like who has looked lustfully at a woman has committed adultery in his heart right, right. Like even just like thinking about it, it's it's like your it's an analogy that you're committing that adultery in your heart. Right, you're breaking the law in your heart. Right, and that's I mean, so to live the virtuous life, like you know, to to get off of the the vice, you know, these these uh, huge trenches that we have carved out of in vice in our lives, right? To get out of those trenches, to get out of those ruts, you have to. To, to not even, like, like, entertain the idea of that sin. Right. I agree. I, anyway, hate, I hate sin. I'm, I am not a fan. Except when I do it. I mean, like, at the moment. Well, the devil has a great way of making you feel like ha- uh, it, 
entertaining the idea of sin and then making you not feel like that you're worthy of repentance after. He is the worst. I hate that guy. He is the worst. You know what though? To say something good about him, he's really good at his job. Yeah. That's why I hate him. Okay, the ninth truth. Jesus Christ reigns in a soul that aspires to imitate him seriously, wholly, and lovingly in two degrees. Number one, the soul strives to become indifferent to creatures considered in themselves, whether they suit its tastes or not. Number two, the soul shows more readiness in doing things that are contrary to its nature and repugnant to it. I'm not really sure what he means by, like, being indifferent to creatures. I think he just means, like, people, all things. Like, well, I think it just means things, everything. Kind well, you're, of. You're, you're not worried about the, like, the, the, uh, how I hold you in, in esteem. Like you're not worried about like, what are they going, like, what are they going to think about me? Right. Like, At least that's just, my understanding. Well, like, that's kind of just like indifferent to I, what their he thoughts says are. The part that is like to creatures, like at first, like wait to animals. No, I mean, to, I think to, like, <coughs> creatures as in human being. I think and, he like, means everything to, to, to creation, all, like, all things. Right. To creation. So like, I don't care. Like if I've, if I feel like that, I'm, you know, doing what Christ it wants. I don't care if I'm actually offending a friend of mine. Right. Like whether you suit my tastes or not, I'm just indifferent, you know, like right. to you. Like, yeah. But to me, the, the second one, this is the one that really speaks to me. The soul shows more readiness in doing things that are contrary to its nature and repugnant to it. That's so hard to do. Like, oh, choose the hardest task. You know, what is it that you want to do the least? You know, this do goes that back one. To, it goes back to like what we were just talking about with obedience. So you just know, like, I know what is good. I'm not going to entertain any other idea. I'm not going to think about other things that I could be doing. I'm going, I know what my mission is. I know what is good. I'm going to fulfill that mission and not think about anything else. Well, I think this one goes beyond, beyond that. It's not, this is, I think, so like, God, who was it? Was it, I don't remember which saying it was, but she would talk about, uh, at the convent, when given like a list of chores, she would always choose the one she wanted to do the least. I think it was Avila. It was, well, I don't think it was Avila. It could have been St. Therese, who, whoever it was. Just because you they... You know what? I say St. Teresa. Could be St. Teresa of Avila, St. Teresa of Lisieux. Right. St. Teresa of Calcutta. Mm-hmm. Like... Which is probably one of those three anyway. I thought about that. Like, we should just be naming her girls Teresa. Like, obviously, that's a power name, Right. right. Yep. It's a power name. But so like it's not like it's not exactly like what you're saying where, oh, you're worried about conforming to the law. All of these things conform to the law. But it's just like, oh, by choosing the one, the thing that we like the least, the things that are repugnant to us, that go against our nature and our inclinations, that gives us well, we have we, uh, more I, opportunity okay. for grace. You see, so like I see what you're saying. All I mean, of these I, are, are obedient. They're all perfectly obedient in this case. But some of them give us more avenues for grace than others. Okay. I was thinking more of like, you know, concupiscence is in our nature now. And so like by, uh, you know, not going in, uh, you know, not entertaining the idea of uh, concupiscence or irascible appetites and orienting ourselves towards the good. Um, but maybe that, maybe I, I think he's that. saying that Christ reigns in a soul who shows more readiness in doing things contrary to its nature and are repugnant to it. So like the things, the things you don't want to do, the things that are a suffering, okay. you, 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 you like are attracted to. And then he says, acting against our natural inclinations in order to imitate the poverty of our savior. Oh, well that's a, that so kind of puts the nail on the head right there. The 10th truth. Yep. No matter what my condition may be, 
If I am only willing to pray and become faithful to grace, Jesus offers me every means of returning to an inner in, to an inner life that will restore me that will restore to me my intimacy with him and will enable me to develop his life in myself. So basically no matter what Christ is always calling you back. Now that doesn't mean like okay so if you you know you can kind of develop the interior life <clears throat> and then you can let it recede you know you can undevelop it so to speak by a life of sin so i think that that's something that like if you've been a christian long enough you've kind of seen yourself kind of ebb and flow a little bit i know i have where i had t- i had moments i had like weeks in my life where i felt like wow i'm really close i'm like devoted and then kind of you know what for whatever reason i would kind of come back a little bit and then have to get back on the train you know what i mean just because you you uh like let's say you sin you go through like a period of you kind of stop fall away from christ Mm -hmm. just because you go to confession doesn't mean you're gonna get back your old interior life right away it's work for it's like what i'm not sure i think it may may have been uh saint anthony of the desert Uh, don't quote me on that but i think one of the saints said like every morning you wake up and you say today i begin again yeah today i start again so saint Teresa of avila she would say that to her sisters when they came out of confession Mm. she would say begin again she'd be waiting for them after confession begin again Mm -hmm. begin again Poor old Michael Finnegan, begin again. Right. Had it a... He was an old man. Was an old man. Uh, Name Michael Finnegan. Finnegan. He grew back. Fat and then grew Finnegan. Then he died and had had to begin begin again. again. Poor old old Michael Michael Finnegan, Finnegan, begin again. again. There was an old man named Michael Finnegan. He had whiskers on his chin again. Right. Oh, yeah, that's verse two. Uh, They fell out and then grew in again. Poor old Michael Finnegan, begin again. Boom. I didn't know anybody else knew that song. I thought that was like, I was the only one in the world. Do you know that See, song, we're like Jim? Be, we're like best friends. Did Jim you know does, that? Did, Jim, you, did you know that? We're like best friends. Jim, so. didn't, even, Jim didn't even know that song. Okay. God, you don't even know the classics, Jim. I love so, it. So anyway, just like the, my only caveat there is that, yes, he's calling you back at every moment, but that doesn't mean you're still going to have to, like, growth in spiritual life is work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and you have to do it, but it's it's the it's the work we're all called to, right? At every moment, the eleventh truth, the final is, one. This is kind of where he ties it all back into. You've been listening for like an hour and something, so many minutes, and you're like, "Are we getting to the eleventh one?" Yes, we are. Here we are. He ties us back into the apostolate here. Okay, he says, "If God calls me to apply my activity not only to my own sanctification, but also to good works." I must establish this firm conviction before everything else in my mind. Jesus has got to be and wishes to be the life of these works. Jesus. It's him. It's not success. It's not podcast downloads. It's not anything else. It's Christ. If you like start a podcast and you have three people listen, but you pursued Christ and him alone in all three of the, like, whatever, however many episodes you did. It was a successful podcast. And if anybody tells you anything else, they're lying to you. Or at least they're just, they're leading you astray. Maybe, maybe they're just 
misinformed, right? But at your judgment, what's going to matter? Is it going to matter how well you monetized your podcast? How well you promote, like what kind of marketing or promotion you had? Um, even how many people you were able to reach, okay? Yeah. Because you could say, oh, well, if you do all these things, you can reach more people. Great. As long as Jesus is the one at the center of it. Mm-hmm. It's better to reach four people with true with Christ, like at, as your motivation, than to reach four thousand with anything less than Him. Mm-hmm. Right. So, just like that's what and that's what this book is about. Essentially, it's a great book to read. Um, he he gives this great quote here. He says, "We must always work for His glory." For would it not be a sacrile- Would it not be sacrilegious madness? For me to steal from God a little of his a little of his glory in order to decorate and beautify myself. Man. You're gonna steal from God his glory for yourself? You think you think he's not gonna know? Right? right. <laughs> at your at your judgment. I mean, that's like a good thing, you know, like memento mori. At your judgment, what's gonna matter? Mm-hmm. The Interior Life, brought to you by Jean-Baptiste Chotard. I might speak French by the end of this episode. I'm not even sure. That's all I got. Oh, he, 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 he cut it off perfectly. Way to go. Well done, Juan. Ooh, I thought that was that a was great good. episode. Yeah, that was great. I felt like that was like one of. Uh, I felt like that was one of our better episodes that we've had in a long time. Sweet. It's good, uh, good that you guys got out and put Seems to capture some new ears. <clears throat> I wonder what this last uh, YouTube com like. Like what? What kind of comment is this? Uh, bra. Uh, bar. Bar. Lowercase v, lowercase a, capital W, lowercase r, space, period, capital T, capital E, capital C, lowercase h. Vortex. 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 It's like, well, someone fell asleep on the keyboard. (laughs) 